You are listening to the School of the Future podcast by GIIS. I'm Graham Brown, your host. In this series, we feature the GIIS community of teachers, parents, students, and thought leaders from across the region to discuss the forces, opportunities, and challenges that are shaping learning in the 21st century. Welcome to the GIS podcast, School of the Future. In this time when everything is virtual and it's becoming the new normal, I'm delighted actually to have the three of you on this podcast because I know that we are going to share some wonderful stories, you know, some of the great successes we've had and of course some challenges too. In this world, which is virtual, our classroom is virtual, our learning is virtual. In fact, the world around us is virtual. I'm your host for this evening, and I'm Melissa Maria, principal at the Smart Campus, educator for more than 25 years, and I have seen changes, I've seen positive growth, I have also seen challenges along the way. Now, before I get into discussing anything, I would love to hear a little more about my guest. I have three wonderful guests, like I said. I have the elegant Miss Prajakta Balaji, who is a parent to two lovely children at our school. I have Miss Gayatri Srinivasan. She is our science and biology teacher for the senior segment. And I have Miss Monica Sinha who is our primary teacher at the SMART campus. Let me invite Prajakta. Prajakta, how would you tell us about yourself? What is it that picks you? Good evening to all of you. In fact, it's a privilege and an honor to be associated with such a great school, not just because my kids are with it, but I'm totally happy with the aptitude learning that they have provided and the way the kids have groomed over years. Definitely a thank, a big thank you to the teachers right from the primary to the secondary level as well. They have groomed the kids so well and we as parents hardly need to, you know, mold them because I've seen that great change in them, you know, where you're unfolding the kids in a very nice way. Uh, as a parent, I am associated with the school for past 10 years. My elder son is studying right from the kindergarten in the school and my younger one also is in the primary. And uh, it's been a great learning, not only with the kids on and off, with so many challenges, so many platforms, so many uh, diversified uh, competitions that we have, a best way to, you know, evolve, I, I would say. Thank Rajita, you. Rajita, if I had to ask you a little bit about yourself, what's your background? I have worked as an economist earlier and uh, with one of the leading financial institutions of India, then later on headed uh, north and western zone. Uh, later, I moved on into teaching. Uh, as of now, currently, I take economics for uh, kids who are submitting their thesis. So it's a challenge at times to, you know, juggle between kids with uh, that age group. And here, my kids 
are in the you know uh, school but it's a great learning thank you so much prajakta gayatri i worked yeah. with you for a long time yes, known ma'am. you as a teacher your students know you your parents know you your colleagues yeah. know you yeah. what is gayatri outside the classroom oh <laughs> <laughs> gayatri outside the classroom is a fun loving person actually i may look very stern and uh, authoritative when i stand in front of a crowd in the assembly or in the auditorium but outside i'm a very soft person i can cry at the drop of a hat you know i am very sensitive that way um at home also i am like that because i have two young children and juggling between work and their requirements their needs and so on so it makes me a totally different person sometimes my daughter tells me mummy you are behaving like a teacher at home also i said you know sometimes that's needed yeah it is needed because uh, uh, i i feel you know it's a playing dual role here right so, yeah we have to drop the working hat at school and come and take up the role of a mother yes but sometimes i find that a little difficult so that's who i am but yes on the whole i'm a fun loving person i love to sing i'm a carnatic trained classical singer so that's how i carry on uh, outside school hours too <laughs> lovely lovely monica i have not had the pleasure of working with you as closely uh, but i know that you're a passionate teacher if our listeners needed to know something more about you what would that be i'm a fun loving a person i'm quite frank and i love children i love coming to school and that is what keeps me going awesome something more about me will be i've been in this profession for uh, you can say quite many years almost i think more than 25 years and i've taught in various schools all over india top school and now i have the privilege of teaching in giis in the last 3 years and i love it Awesome. We've got a peek into your little worlds. So maybe let us just now get into understanding perhaps what your idea is about schooling. You know, how do you define that concept? What do you think schooling is all about as a concept? Um anyone who would like to begin. Gayatri, you want to start? Yeah, yeah. As a student uh from um a christian institution in calcutta which is lamatania for girls i have always been brought up in that very strict and stern manner for me rules matter a lot uh, punctuality is important timing is important the perfection is important and that's how i've always been i mean academics and extracurriculars co-curriculars have always gone hand in hand for me and the same thing happened throughout my college education too and also the moment i started working as a teacher now i've been teaching for the past almost 12 years and i have always seen this balanced model of education where both physical and academics have played uh, uh, an equal role so stepping into a situation like this now is totally new and i'm actually liking it but of course there are other uh, uh, challenges that we do face but then throughout my life i mean coming back to your question throughout my life i've always uh, envisioned education as a balance between physical and uh, physical activities and academics so monica how do you see this concept of schooling actually evolving now in the given scenario of covid-19 
Do you see a change? Yes, we have changed and that also drastically. In the last one month, I would say drastically changed. Actually, ever since I, as a student, when I was in school, the education was totally different. I mean, and when I started working, I could see the change. And over the years, I feel ever since I joined uh, GIIS and especially the smart campus, I could see a major change in the fact that we started, uh, you know, technology-aided teaching and learning. And that we did to an extent. And now when after the COVID outbreak, I mean, it changed drastically. Suddenly we found that uh, social distancing, recording temperature, you know, all these things had become more crucial. And so we needed to change. We needed to have a safe environment for our children. And that's how, you know, the virtual classrooms, they came in. And I feel that, I mean, they came in as a savior. You know, we had, I mean, we couldn't, uh, you know, put education to a screeching halt. That's how, you know, and we had to adapt ourselves. The parents had to adapt. The children had to adapt. And I think we have done it quite well. So the idea of schooling per se, you know, of having instructions, going off to a place, you know, that is a school and teaching or students learning. From Gayatri's perspective and Monica's perspective, I see that, yes, it's carrying on, but in a different way. What would Projecta need to say about that? How do you see the concept of schooling and impact? I would like to add, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to add one very important factor, which I felt has evolved, especially in the month of January when COVID-19 was not at speak. GIA's management was very far-sighted. And that visionary leadership could be seen, you know, the way they took those quick steps to ensure that virtual classrooms are taken into uh, place, not just within the smart campus, but I think they worked overall. And that is that shows, you know, that indigenous and that smart quickness in uh, taking the lead. Whereas there are still schools, international schools, which are coping with this. They are struggling. Because I have a few of them who are still, you know, they get back to us. How do universities, how do you all actually work out and all? Whereas I feel as a school, we should be really proud of the way it all evolved. You know, it comes from the leadership and then it trickles down to the rest of the this thing. So merely the concept of schooling into the four-room, cla- uh, four-sided classroom and Taking it to a virtual, this thing, it's a very, uh, it requires a different level of uh, depth, you know, and understanding. And I should thank them for the timely action that they took, you know, and we are able to benefit in a safe way, as uh, Monica Ma'am said, with all those safe distancing measures, yes. But I think the timely action is was uh, the crucial point here, which we cannot afford to uh, really this thing. And apart from this, Uh, Of course, ma'am, your meticulous planning of the way you took uh, the classroom lectures, the timetable, the way it was executed then to this virtual classroom, I feel even that is phenomenal. To be very honest, even when I am taking my lectures today for uh, graduation, graduate students and all, at times when we have those slots which are free, we are not able to find someone, uh, a substitute, whereas you all have already done the provision for it. That shows the level of planning that has gone into it. So hats off. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ajakta. In fact, uh, personally, I mean, being an educator myself, I, you know, look at this whole concept of schooling as, yes, instructions are still happening by our experienced teachers. 
the only change that has happened is initially children sat within the classroom yeah. today they have the luxury of sitting in their own space be it their bedroom be it their yeah. living room be it their balcony be it wherever yeah. but the kind of schooling that they are getting of course in instruction remains the same yes of course we have to work on giving them the other areas that school provided but we are there and for that actually i, I want to invite monica and gayatri to share a little bit about how you'll run these virtual classrooms what is it that you'll do in your respective subjects that can give children this experience of authentic learning happening okay i would like to start by saying uh what happens in my class generally i deal with slightly senior children so then uh, discipline is not too much of an issue when it comes to my students they are all there present in the class at the given time it takes about 3 to 4 minutes for me to uh, make sure that everybody is there they don't have any connection issues and so on and so forth so in the next 4 minutes we are actually ready to begin the class becomes very interactive the moment the students know that the way we give instructions to them it is almost like talking to them directly on their face and that can only happen if you know exactly what is the topic that you are going to be teaching them today so i feel as a teacher the homework that i have to do especially in this case is that i must know what is it that i am going to be teaching how am i going to end my class what is the assignment that i should be leaving the class with only if that happens i am 100% sure that the 30 32 students who are sitting there at home have followed me 100% and of course i mean in the past one month the features that i have learned i mean the way i can use zoom the way i use my google classroom i correct on the classroom directly so virtual correction is happening i am giving them comments they are returning their corrected work to me so all this has become very interactive to such an extent that students don't want to weekend anymore <laughs> <laughs> so they are yeah. saying ma'am as it is we can't go out on a saturday and sunday we would like to sit for classes so i find that very encouraging as a teacher i would i'm sure uh, all of you can uh, uh, see through what i'm trying to say here <laughs> sure monica any anecdotes you've had in class when you were doing a virtual classroom you know something exciting that happened i can okay when uh, in my class since i deal with small children the children are already there waiting and if you just check the q and a and you'll find a whole lot of hi ma'am why aren't you starting why aren't you unmuting me oh we are ready to <laughs> start the day and ma'am it's my birthday tomorrow yes. so we had one of these birthdays and of course we celebrated it we sang and then celebrated it by singing but obviously we couldn't distribute sweets so this was one of the you know everybody started wishing so that i found very cute and uh, yeah that is so you feel that your science classes your math classes go well like how you would have your conventional class ma'am uh, i can tell you about my english and uh, social science because these are the two subjects that i take sure sure and yes uh, we follow a regular timetable in the sense it is designed in such a way that we have both on screen and off screen learning so the morning part is to up to lunch we have on screen learning and uh, we present it and uh, we use a lot of videos and presentations and even the whiteboard because we have to keep the children engaged 
Right. And post lunch, it is enrichment activities. And enrichment generally, we give them uh, those acti- activities uh, where they don't have to sit in front of the computers. It is hands on, and uh, the materials, of course, we know they cannot go outside and buy. So, whatever materials they can uh, get at home itself. So, that is how we go about it. Prajita, you are a mother at home watching your two kids have lessons conduct virtually. What is your take on this? They're doing different subjects, different teachers. I would like to extend one more thing with uh, the primary section. As she said, that uh, there are lectures which happen half of the, the thing uh, till lunch. And post-lunch, they have activities. Uh, even the activities are so well planned. At times, you know, like uh, if there's a social science class, uh, and they need to study something about uh, different continents or different countries in various continents. At times, the teachers are so, uh, you know, they have planned it so well that if any of the child is not able to actually meet or understand, the teacher is ready with the uh, reckoner in the sense how the child who is lacking can also catch up, which I found a very uh, proactive way, you know, of thinking to the um, to the minutest detail, I think that's a very, um, that's the beauty of teaching, you know. So I enjoyed that with uh, this. And as far as the secondary uh, section goes, obviously, because um, here my child has opted for ad math. So it's uh, a fascinating thing. And it being one of our common subjects, we often discuss <laughs> across on the dining table as well. But that way, it's a nice way to learn and grow also together, you know, mutually. So. Uh, I think it's a great learning. I'm going to ask you another question, Prajikta, as a parent. You know, we have lots of listeners who are going to be parent, you know, parent listeners to this podcast. Yeah. How do you think parents should be supporting their kids in this time of virtual learning, virtual classroom? What do you think they should be doing? Apart from studies, of course, studies is one of the, you know, backbone for any child to develop one's personality. But apart from that, during such testing times of be it pandemic or anything else, one thing which as a parent, we should also contribute with the child is I feel resilience. And another thing is, if it is possible for the child and the parent to work upon some small project within your parameters, and uh, with all the law abiding measures that you follow, if you can help people that would be the great thing. Would you want to give an example, Project? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there are uh, there are various projects. It's not necessary that you have to get into something really big and all. You can start in a small way. It could be a voluntary help. It could be, uh, you know, just writing a blog, something which you have experienced, which has touched you. Because these small things can also uh, go a long way in helping your child evolve as a better person or a better human being. This could be like, you know, just not as writing a blog. Apart from that, if someone has a passion for singing, you can as well pursue your hobby in such a way that you promote, uh, you know, universal brotherhood. These small things, they go a long way in developing the personality. And we can definitely see positive changes as they grow. I'm sure Gayatri ma'am will uh, <laughs> would have more to, uh, you know, this thing. Because for me, I being an economic student, I always used to love taking challenges, mostly in monetary policy or physical policy making. And uh, I used to involve my children, like uh, definitely my elder one. And I can see those changes in him. You know, it's not just the academic um, excellence that you need, but you need 
a development all round which will help the child to go anywhere any part of the world and still you know be something that you would be proud of so i think uh, andrea is Yeah. <laughs> no, no really I'm sounds absolutely, good. No, I'm I'm absolutely grateful to Riyas for whatever they have done till date. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliments but you know for all our listeners I think this is a very pertinent point Prajakta has made where she's talking of parallel coaching, parallel support system to be created at home. So school does its bit but engaging with your child, you know, on other small projects for bonding and to see a total personality. is something that she is recommending so fantastic but to all my panelists you know everything is not hunky dory you see we mm-hmm. always have challenges coming our way so if i should ask the teachers on the panel now you know monica gayatri yeah. what are some of the challenges you faced during this time of you know this virtual world and virtual classroom and virtual learning yeah gayatri you can start uh okay um we started at a time when we started a new academic year and that is the time you get a fresh set of students uh some we continue with what we had last year but then otherwise most of the sections we have new students and the sad part right now is i know the names of the students but i can't relate them with their faces so just to let you know on my google classroom for all my classes except the ones i know i've actually created an assignment which says post your pick Mm-hmm. So I get to see their picture and I relate it with their name. So you know that Fantastic. is yeah. that is a yeah. kind of bond which I would like to say. And I, my my students ask me, "Ma'am, why do you want that picture?" I said, "Because I want to know who you are. If I just call out your name, I may not be able to relate with you that well. So if I come back in July once we reopen, it would be nice, and I'm sure my students will feel happy." if i call them by their names directly so that is uh, one thing which i felt was a disadvantage right now and of course uh, being a hardcore teacher not having students in front of you uh, not being able to gauge their body language mm. uh, not being able to understand how receptive they are to your learning whether they are following instructions especially when it comes to sciences graphs diagrams and so on that has been a little bit of a challenge for me which i'm trying to cope up with through my classroom activities so hopefully it is working well anika what have your challenges been okay my challenges i mean uh, it is virtual classroom cannot be a perfect replacement of a physical classroom in the sense in a physical classroom we see the children same as gayatri watch and we have eye contact with the children and we can uh, even gauge the level of engagement and there are uh, we can observe the non verbal cues and we can change the way we are teaching straight away we know that children uh, they have uh, different abilities and some of them they are very restless and uh, fidgety so for them if we see they are not attentive we can start uh, we can do a simple role play or even a, a small game like simon says which straight away you know activates them and they pay more attention so these are some of the things which i feel we cannot do in a virtual space and another thing is you know since i deal with small children there can be distractions at home you know the children have been playing with toys the night before you know and it is still there so we don't know whether are they really paying attention or they are you know spinning something you know that that way no totally understand totally understand but uh, maybe i'll slightly play the devil's advocate here yeah? 
I all, I mean, I all having all parents having a complete buy-in to the virtual classrooms. I know, of course, right now there's no choice. But mm. are all parents there with you? Complete buy-in. They feel that the system is going well. Any other challenges that you all face? Initially, ma'am, we did have a few parents who had joined in. And since we did not know the uh, student that well, I even asked a question, you know, to one of the parents thinking he's a student. <laughs> so that was. <laughs> so I think initially they had some uh, apprehensions, but now I feel even the parents are quite comfortable. They are letting the child be a little more independent. With Wonderful. small children, we do need them around for uh, you know technical support in case. Sure. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I think most of them have understood. Let the child be and let the child make mistakes and learn. That is what we would like them to know. Sure. Gayatri, anything from you? If I may, um, I would like to answer from the point of view as a parent now because I have a child who has just gone into class one. Mm. And for me, it's, it's a tough time, actually speaking. <laughs> mm. So um, to get my child to sit at the table continuously from nine, uh, uh, for the rest of the day till, till noon, it is a little bit of a challenge. And just exactly, I mean, I was able to relate to what Miss Monica was saying just now, mm. whether the child is listening or the child is playing with a toy which was lying around on the table. So <laughs> I'm actually going through that situation. And um, of course, I know uh, once things change, it'll be for the good. So Prajakta, as a mom at home, how do you think we can actually you know, school and home work together to kind of bridge this, these challenges that we encounter. Do you think there's something we can do? Ma'am, I think uh, with smartphone coming in, almost every child across the economic barriers and all, you will find kids having uh, the smartphones. So why I'm bringing the smartphone thing is, so information is readily available. There's nothing new that the children will learn. But where the role of a teacher comes crucial is she is unfolding that best element or those petals of a child to show how interdisciplinary approach can help the child bloom. Very few teachers like, you know, uh, would actually go a, a long way in understanding that it's not just one subject, but multidisciplinary approach, which can help you evolve in the long run. And I have seen that kids who are, you know, developed in such an environment, they tend to excel. And it could be across subjects. That has been my experience. And I feel uh, here the crucial role of both the parents as well as the school matters. Because it's not just, you know, if I teach economics, I have to keep on harping on economics. No, I have to see to it what is the uh, aptitude or the, you know, aptitude of the class. At times change and tap that uh, depending on the situation the current scenario and at times if at all you have those free lectures or you know if a teacher is not able to make a class uh, probably the teacher who takes the as a substitute class should engage into case studies and all it could be across subjects it is very important because you know that learning will stay and when they uh, when the kids they talk especially when it is the it's like you know impromptu you can see the level of understanding that goes behind it so this will not come just by only, you know, parents working uh, in a lopsided manner or school working. It is, it's something which has to be bridged together. Jointly work, so, yes. Yeah, jointly. Very, very important, I feel. I am um, coming to the last part of our podcast. And that is about school of the future. You know, 
the podcast itself is saying school of the future what do you all think schooling is going to be like is it going to be different you know what what shape is it going to take and how we as teachers and parents can work together to kind of look forward to that school of the future date open anyone can start monica you'd like to start okay ma'am yeah uh, what i feel is after the covid 19 crisis if it gets over soon well and good if it doesn't or if it persists it is going to you know change our world c- completely and uh, we will need to change the way we teach and the way we learn also to prepare our students for a better future we will have to oh, you know help them adapt different skills mm. uh, like i can say ad- uh, resilience like uh, map projecta man said mm. a resilience and adaptability because we don't know what the future is going to be like and for that i think all of us parents teachers and students basically teachers we need to reinvent ourselves you know change with the coming uh, times and uh, yes technology is going to remain there it's going to be a major part even in the future so we need to be more adapted we have you know reached this far now we want to stretch it a little more if it is going to be virtual classrooms we need to learn more and do so guys if i should ask you if virtual classrooms are to stay and you know how our classes are happening at this moment how do you think we as a school should start working towards our kinesthetic learners we need to move what do you think we should be doing i was thinking that i am more worried about uh, especially when it comes to senior classes when we focus a lot on practicals and when they have to give in their practical exams it's a part of the curriculum and so on so we cannot i don't look forward to a 100% virtual classroom because i'm praying that things should become uh, okay very soon but i'm looking at a hybrid model if that could be possible where we can have a uh, three days of physical education where we focus on these kinesthetic learners and we get a lot of hands on and practical work done and the other two days of virtual learning where academics could be reinforced upon and with activities and so on which students can stay at home and do independently so i'm looking at a school like this where we have both the models integrating sure. because then we cater to both kinds of uh, children sure. yeah sajukta any inputs on this I think we need to expand our dimensions. By dimensions, I mean to say, um, just as Gayatri Ma'am and Monica Ma'am both uh, had, uh, you know, reinforced that we need to understand what are the ethics of not just virtual classrooms or the regular classrooms. Both are important in their own way. So nothing can, you know, uh, proceed or succeed. But if the situation is so, we have to follow. We don't have a choice. But with the limitations, whatever that are there. if uh, the best way is to find the you know uh, average mean but if that is also not possible i think that practicality that hands on experience is also equally important because what a classroom lecture cannot give you that hands on experience teaches you much uh, farther so definitely i must uh, admit that i think we've had a wonderful session of sharing i've learned so much more from each of your perspectives it's uh, really heartening to actually hear your views and to understand that if this is the normal that is going to stay yes we need to start looking at 
what is that that will enable our children have this rounded experience as well you know so yes we were constrained by the fact that we have to stay at home and have a home based learning uh, if this becomes a new normal then we will have to pull ourselves further and see now what we can give our children that will actually provide for our kinesthetic learners as well as widen the horizons that children have for learning as a whole and i'm quite positive that you know this situation with all its down it has also given us a ray of hope to look forward to it has helped us to start thinking beyond now even if the situation doesn't persist longer so i'd like to thank you ladies like i said at the beginning i've known you for long but this podcast has given me an opportunity to know you more and i'm quite sure our listeners have also got an in-depth understanding of your perspectives of your sharing and uh, you know i'd love to thank you and have more such sessions to understand more from y'all so any last word from you before we wind up monica anything from you yes it's been a wonderful chat session if i can say so and uh, it's always uh, lovely to interact with such uh, nice people and share our views and uh, at the end of it i mean uh, i can just wind it up by saying what we require is a good blend of a virtual classroom as well as physical classroom and uh, we have to you know we can't have social interaction and right now we are having social interaction only in the digital space but we need to have in a normal space also and these uh, eca cca whatever you, these kinds of activities they always you know teach you life lessons and we need that three any last words from you like what miss monica has just said that we can't do away with physical activities and ecas and ccas yes we do look forward to uh, the future right now but given the current scenario and if this is what we are going to continue with then i think the kind of relationship that the management the teachers and the parents have amongst each other is really going to take this mode of education forward and keep us at par with what we are supposed to be doing right awesome yes prajakta something from you i would say look beyond reach beyond and try to give your best and together we can make a difference thank you so thank you everyone thank you to our listeners this is the gis podcast school of the future i thank all my panelists for sharing so openly and so willingly to all our listeners thank you for listening have a good evening Thank, Thank you. you ma'am. Thank you. You've been listening to the School of the Future podcast by GIIS. To learn more about GIIS, our community and our latest thinking, visit us at www.globalindianschool.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.